everybody, and welcome back to Prospectives, your weekly podcast where you have two professional real estate agents giving you the scoop on the national real estate market, the local New Hampshire real estate market, and always a tip for agents. I am Jessica Preventure, the managing broker at Lair Realty Partners in Bow, New Hampshire, and this is my co-host. Keith Valencourt. Good morning, everyone. So we're going to start today with something a little different. You know, one of the things we've been talking about quite a bit is interest rates, inventory, and how do these things play together? And Zillow recently did a survey that was aimed at kind of answering that question. And I thought it was really interesting. I will say this. We definitely have a limited supply, therefore fewer transactions, etc. There will always be someone who has to move because of the big life event, okay? So regardless of what else is going on in the economy, in the world, with interest rates, there are always going to be people that have to buy and sell for life events, graduations, um, new jobs, divorces, marriages, having a new baby, you know, all deaths, there's always going to be people to buy and sell. So when we're talking about these kinds of things, like when will someone sell, et cetera, remember that we're estimating, assuming that none of those life events are like occurring. (laughs) But basically what I found super interesting is according to the survey, now remember survey, (laughs) um, roughly 80% of current mortgage holders have a rate below 5%. I know there's lots of percents there, but 80% of people that hold a mortgage have a rate that is lower than 5%. That's crazy. (laughs) And what's the interest rate right now? And right now it's right around seven for a 30 year fixed rate. So what do people do for for that uh, type of rate right now? Get a 5% right now? That would be incredible, right? (laughs) Well, then everybody would be willing to sell. Um, 90% are in rates lower than six. So that only leads 10% of mortgage holders that are really even between six and up. And a third are below three, right? So when would you sell with a 7%? Like at what point does your current interest rate not have an impact on your decision to move? And what this survey is saying is that that's somewhere between four and five. So it's much more likely for people to move if they have a rate that's closer to five. If their rate is closer to four or below, moving for 7% seems a little crazy. I can see that. Now, what do we do about that? (laughs) Good question. Well, I think, like I said, there's always someone who's going to move. So one thing is getting really creative with buyers in terms of how to buy down their rate or how to like exactly buying some points um being creative i also think it's about educating consumers it's more than just the rate so yes your rate makes a huge impact if you were going to take out the same amount of mortgage but typically the driving factor is you're pulling a whole bunch of equity out of your home So I'm doing this off the top of my head, so my math might not be (laughs) awesome. But let's say you bought in 2016, you're at a 3% interest rate, but you bought for like 280. Okay. Okay. Then you refinance, so now you're really low, you're 2.5% or whatever. 
at 280. Your mortgage maybe $1600 a month, I'm making that up, sure. right? That house now is probably very close to worth 500,000. So now if you sell that house for 500,000, you're you've been paying that rate down since yep. 2016 or your mortgage. You're maybe walking away with $300,000 sure. in equity. So now if you buy you know, a $600,000 house, you're taking out 300,000. You're really only buying a 300,000. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? So like, I feel like you really, every, every individual, just that has an individual experience. They have a different rate. They have a different amount. They have a different goal. You know, if you're downsizing, who cares? You're going to have like a barely a mortgage or whatever. So um, I really suggest that you talk to a lender your best recommendation for lenders is going to be your real estate agent uh, or your local real estate agent or a referral for because we really understand the intricacies of what goes into and it's more than just the interest rate it's also the points it's also the service it's also the fees are they selling your mortgage is it you know all that stuff so if you're really wondering or thinking, you know, this was who would be interested in selling in three years. This says the survey shows that almost a quarter of homeowners, 23%, are thinking of selling their home within three years. That's yeah. actually up. It's an increase sure. of 8% yeah. from last year. So people want to move. Yeah. People want to take advantage of this market, you know. Well, they're um, also getting, you know, they're also locking into a higher interest rate now. So then they're like, oh. Be open to move in three years. Hopefully, yes, that rate true. has come down a little bit, and now they're going to be more open to move as opposed to, like you said, that person that's locked in at two, three percent. Three years, they're thinking that okay, maybe it's down a couple of points, it's still not going to sure. be almost worth it, or you know, they might not be in that unless they have that life event or something along those lines. Well, and I think this is super important to discuss in regards to first time home buyers because the interest rates and stuff, that situation I just told you where you're taking out equity, obviously that's not the case for first time buyers. Right. And so if you're looking to build, build equity. equity. Yeah, exactly. And so that was one of the suggestions as well is your first home is likely not your dream home. Sure. You know, and I think that that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. They think, I'm renting this two bedroom garden style apartment and I want a single family and I want this and this and this, but your current budget might not accommodate your dream home. So what if you buy that garden style that you're in? You're gonna be paying less per month, but you are gaining that equity. And then that turns into either an investment property where you're cash flowing and increasing your cash flow, which increases your buying power on your next home, or you sell it, cash out that equity, and that helps you. So getting, you know, I think Barbara Corcoran recently said, you know, the the, the key is getting into the game. Sure. Um, so sometimes getting into the game isn't your dream home. Of course, especially now with, uh, with condos and, and renting out and stuff like that. If you're on a if you're on a five year plan or something like that, I definitely recommend looking at condos more bang for your buck, and you're looking towards that future of okay this isn't my forever home and who knows what happens you know five years down the road or you get a multifamily or you buy a multi yeah absolutely and that's a that's a huge one right now. and that's the the quintessential sure. real estate hack buy your first property as a multifamily fha loan that's what we did that's what i did yeah, yeah. exactly all righty so um let's talk about new hampshire in particular sure 
um, the news is much yeah. the same that it's bad. Prices um, are going up. They are. Where were we in July? Uh, July, we were at 480. 480. 480 median. Median. So remember what we talked about before. That's not your average. That's where the median falls, but it is how we measure. Um, so 480, um, it was, I think it was 495 the month before. Yep. <clears throat> Still very high. Um, to put it in perspective, a $400,000 mortgage, if you're just putting like say 5% down, is $3,000 a month. <laughs> typically with taxes and insurance, you know what I yeah, mean? In yeah. the state of New Hampshire average. So, you know, when, I don't know what you're saying at that price point, but I would say that 400,000, we're very much still looking at first time home buyer homes. Oh, for Frequently sure. under a thousand square feet, um, could use some work a little mm -hmm. bit older. Uh, I, I find that to be. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. For it's brutal. Buyers. Cause you know, we, we both, you know, we're realtors, we're homeowners, we have family. So we're looking back at like even what we paid for, you know, and then, but I do, I talked to my parents and they said they bought at like 15 or 16% interest rate, oh. um, different times, obviously, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I feel, I really feel for those first time home buyers, like you said, they don't have that equity. It's a, it's a fight to get a place and then your bang for your buck. What are you getting and what are you conceding? And, uh, when you buy that first house, you always have that expectation of what that first house is going to be and yeah. how nice it's going to be. And you want it to be everything for your buyer. And then you start to look at the places and then you start to bring your buyer back down to reality a little bit. And then you figure it out. But I do. I, I feel for the first time home buyer that doesn't have any any real uh, benefit here. Yeah, they're really the ones. If you're buying and selling kind of you reap what you, you're getting it on both sides. So the benefit you get on selling is a little tougher to buy, but frequently the higher price points are actually a slightly less competitive. Sure. Um, but in this, pretty much anything under 400,000 in the whole state is still a bloodbath, you know, 10 offers and waving all these things. So that's not to discourage you. It's just to say who you work with matters. Of course. So make knowing, sure knowing lenders, knowing realtors. Yeah. That, you know, not important. all lenders are created equal. I recently had a very bad experience and it was with a first time home buyer and this lender really messed up this opportunity for these clients. So they work for you. And you should expect a certain level of commitment, of re responsiveness, um, of professionalism, <laughs> and of knowledge. So, so shop around. And I would say that's the same thing with the agent. It, you know, I can't tell you I'm at these open houses for my listings, and buyers are coming in, and oh, my agent never sends me properties. Like, sure. what are you talking yeah. about? Like, they're not looking. You know, or they not... haven't met their agent or they're like, yeah. yeah, they're supposed to meet us here somewhere. We haven't met yet or um, they just don't know much about them or a lot of those things. You know, what are it. they looking for off market? You know, um, so again, if you you're not getting what you expect, um, you know, it's super important to to search around um, because all, there's all, um, you know, when you're relying on somebody like a realtor to do a lot of that legwork and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You're going about your day and the time is ticking usually 100%. on most of these things. So you need that. Uh, and actually check out our, my newest blog, or I don't know if it's the most new one or if it was last week on my website, www.prohomesnh.com. My newest blog is when, how to know when it's time to 
move on from there your you lender go. or agent. So some tips and tricks there for you. Um, that said, I, I mean, I still don't see really relief coming anytime soon. There were only 1,700 single family residential homes on the market at the end of July. It's a 28% drop from the year prior. So more than a quarter fewer homes. That's crazy. Um, and as we know, supply indicate, you know, drives up price. And of those 1,700 homes, only 3,900 of them were on the market for under 350. That is that's, all That's the one of, that stood out for me. Yeah. Okay. And that's the whole state. Right. 390 right. out of 1,700 homes were under that 350 mark. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're talking under 400 for, you know, your first time home buyer. Look, I mean, that's, there's, we know that there's a lot more people looking than that. And that's single families. So right. that doesn't include condos, but you know, that's the whole state. And I'll tell you, the further north you get, the further west you get, it becomes more affordable. So, you know, it'd be interesting, and I'm sure we could pull this data, how many of these homes were in southern New Hampshire? Sure, yeah, You know, absolutely. north, south of Concord. Yeah. Um, I bet. Can narrow that down even a little bit more. Yeah, sure. a, a lot more. Um, crazy number, though. Crazy. So... You know, as we've been saying, be careful of watching the national news and interpreting it as what's going on here, especially, you know, it's very typical for buyers to come into the market expecting one thing and it takes them losing a house or two to uh -huh. understand Absolutely. really what's going on, which is totally reasonable, except that I'm seeing more and more like, oh, we should have. Oh, of course. Blah, blah, yep. blah. Now that we know, you know, six months later. So it's like it, the more you can make yourself aware of what's happening in the market now, even if you're not quite ready to buy, I think that's a huge trick. And I know um, that Keith and I do that. Like if someone reaches out to us and they're like, look, I'm not ready. I'm thinking like next year, what do I need to do? We're already prepping. Yeah. We're like, let's set you up on a search so you can see, because then you can acclimate yourself. Like, okay, this property that I think would be perfect for me was listed at 350 and it closed in 30 days at 400. Now you're starting to go, okay, look, these, you know, versus us just telling us when you're actually ready to buy. And then you go, well, my lease is up or, you know. Yeah, and that's why, that's why we always stress having the right agent. You know, the right agent is going to lead, lead you to all the right avenues to make sure that everything's streamlined, smooth, and um, as easy as possible for you. You got it. All right. So this week's tip for agents or conversation regarding uh, yeah. agents. Um, really was spurned on for me by the Knowledge Brokers podcast with Byron Lazine and Tom Toole. They recently did a, um, a cast on being authentic. Now, I will say right from the start, Pro Homes Group, uh, one of our core values is authenticity. Sure. So this jumped out at me a huh. bit to see like what they were going to say. Um, and essentially... <laughs> it's a... Uh, you're right. It's the worst, the worst advice, but yet the best advice. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what I, I think it's, it's one of those things where your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness if taken too far, right? And I think that oftentimes we tell people, and I, I know I've, I've, that I've done this too, like just be yourself or be authentic or like they'll like you who you are. And I agree with that. Your vibe attracts your tribe. And I want to work with people who want to work with me and who want to work with me 
when I'm being authentic and genuine and not, you know, I have a tendency to drop F-bombs, you know, <laughs> is that if, if that's going to be very offensive yeah. to someone, I don't want that. You know, I have a very loud voice if, if someone's going to be offended by that. Like, I oh, you're not going to go and talk to me. No, I can't. You have to be up there. So I like to say, um, I just like to add, a, be authentic in the moment. So if you're authentic in the moment, it's not, you're not going into it necessarily a preconceived way. This is how I have to act. This is what I have sure. to get across. Being authentic in the moment is being authentic when it, in the, when the, in the moment, when it happens, um, just coming off the top of your head or knowing the information, being on top of things. So I thought I like be authentic in the moment. Correct. And I think that that is exactly what they were getting to is like, Keith and I, who have known each other our whole life, being authentic together is very different than when we first meet somebody. Sure. Or you behave very differently when you're going in to meet you know, significant other's parents at dinner for the first time than when you're showing up with your college roommates. Neither of those is necessarily inauthentic, but there is a different level, a different expectation, you know, a time and a place for everything. And I, I really, that's the takeaway from what Byron and Tom were saying. Sure. Being professional does not mean you're being inauthentic, right? So yeah, I love to wear jeans. If I'm at home with my kids, I'm in leggings by the pool. I don't do my hair, don't have any makeup. But if I'm going to meet somebody for the first time, I'm going to do my best to look professional. When I'm holding an open house, I'm not in leggings with my hair up that just after a bus. Yes, right? it doesn't mean I'm not authentic. <laughs> it just means that I prepared for the moment. Sure. I prepared for that environment. Um, so there's things about me that are always going to come through. And then there are things, you know, that, that are reserved for certain people. I think another interesting thing, because I've struggled mentally with conceptualizing this, is adjusting ourselves to meet the client. If you have someone who has bullet points in their email to you, that's going to require specific, that's a driver, they're telling you what to do, you know, you got to do that. If they want graphs, if they're an engineer. I, I agree with all of that to a certain extent, pretending Sure. that you are someone that understands graphs and really is looking if you're not is going you're going to be able to see that through is not that. authentic that is not authentic <laughs> exactly. but if you're if you're like for me i can move right sure. i i can be really into data and then i can really be into the emotional piece and then i can be so yes i'm going to shift into different parts of me that are going to appeal mm -hmm. to the client i'm working with because what's authentic to me is educating them and helping them understand and helping them move forward. So I'm going to deliver that information in such a way that it's impactful to them. But if that's not you, sure. if you can't, or if you are super analytical and you're always going to be looking at, at, at graphs and you're trying to work with someone who's very touchy feely sure. and they come back from a house and you go, well, these are all the reasons financially why this is the best house. And she goes, or he, I wasn't feeling it. Sure. <laughs> like there's going to be a disconnect there. So I think that's my perception or that's my understanding of it. It's like, I don't want to completely transform myself into something I'm not. But I want to bring forward the parts of me that are going to connect with that. And if your client. agent 
is a good agent and they aren't good in one of those aspects. Nowadays, you, you really have to be good in all those aspects if you want to reach everyone, right? So uh, if you're a good agent and you're not good in one thing, you should be getting better in those other things. So if you're not a touchy-feely, hands-on person, you got to be doing that and, and vice versa if you're not the analytical data-driven type because there will be people that like that. There will be people that like one other way and there will be people that need a combination of both. So um, as a realtor, you should be getting to know everything. Obviously, you're going to be good at one, good at the other, but you should be well-rounded at both. And partnering, right? Like, so if you know for a fact, like, that's not my strength, I'm better with these sure. type of clients, then you partner up with another agent who has strengths that complement yours. And then you work together or you trade or you do referrals or, or you say, hey, you know, I don't know the best way to visually create this information for my client, but you do. Maybe you could create a visual and I could do a video overlay. You know, yeah. there's a there's all sorts of things, but... But I think the the key is your vibe will attract your tribe. So like if you are competent, if you are, you know, work hard, if you have ethics and boundaries and you present yourself in a professional manner, like I guess I don't think of being authentic as like letting it all hang out. <laughs> right. It's like I really think of it more as like being true to who I am. Of course. And if I'm true to who I am, I take this business very, very seriously. And so when I'm showing up for a professional event, I'm going to show up there professionally. That's actually being authentic. It's actually being true to who I am. So one word, authentic is, a, is quite the topic. To yeah, talk about, you think? What is authentic? So, so a great, great, uh, great um, podcast there. Yeah, it was really good. Take a, take a listen. Broke Agent Media. Yep. They have tons of stuff. And then we also just wanted to do a shameless plug. If you haven't seen Tom Ferry International's uh, annual summit, it's the 20th summit. It's coming up in just a couple weeks, 15 days, 14 days, something of that nature. And it's going to gonna be big. And we, a bunch of us will be there um, and hopefully bring back some really interesting information and insight. No for doubt. You. No doubt about it. If you have any questions at all, if, you, if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, please let us know. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.